chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail. Chose to serve your country, and we know you served us well. But now you're back, and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm. Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms. We're America, your family, the land of liberty. We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is March 11, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning, Linda. How are you? Good morning, Gary. I am just fine. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We also have with us Lieutenant uh, Bill Forbes, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Veterans Administration in Maryland, and former Commander for the DAV. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and good morning, Linda. Good morning, Bill. All right. Did I hear right? Another storm's moving through up there? Coming? On the way. Oh, no. Oh, boy. All right. Well, again, I just want to remind uh, you about the two Central Florida events coming up uh, this month. The 29th of the month, we're having a Welcome Home Veterans. Uh, it's a national holiday, Veterans, uh, Veterans Day. And that's uh, the VFW Post 3282, Port Orange, Florida, Volusia County. This is a one-day event on the 29th. It starts at 10 a.m. And it goes uh, actually at 1145. They're having a veterans flyover. So if you can make it, be sure to show up. We also have the New Smyrna Beach Balloon and Sky Fest That's at the New Smyrna Airport. It's a three-day event, the 28th through the 30th. And by the way, admission is free for veterans at either one of those. Linda, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest today? I am delighted to introduce our guest today. These are very good friends of mine who I admire and respect greatly. We have with us today Staff Sergeant Chaps Allen and his wife Jessica Allen, whom I met at Walter Reed, the old Walter Reed, and then at Bethesda, and have come to know and just really respect them for their story, and they will share that with us today, and mostly how there is such a journey that goes from being a soldier to being a wounded warrior and the process that that means, and then the reintegration to the community with the family. They have two children, beautiful children, and they will talk about the effects on the whole family from beginning to end, and we're going to cram all that into one hour. So good morning, Jessica and Chaz. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. We're, we're doing great. It's probably best to start at the beginning of the journey, so Jessica, maybe you can take it from there. 
Um, Chaz joined the Army in June of 1998, and we were amazingly able to stay at Fort Campbell his entire military career, um, except for a a short stint he uh, went over to Korea without us. Um, Other than that, we've been at Campbell. He deployed with the 1st 75th Cav to um, Afghanistan in July 2010, and then um, January 22nd, 2011, he unfortunately was out with his friends on a patrol, and he stepped on a 40-pound IED. He instantly lost his legs as well as his elbow, and um, it had a couple of other, uh, my, you know, basically minor issues in comparison to the um, the legs and the elbow. But um, he, he's, you know, we've we've amazingly recovered. We spent two years at Walter Reed. He retired January 19th, 2013, and we are back. In Clarksville, Tennessee, just outside of Fort Campbell, um, we have plans to build a home that's going to suit Chaz's needs and get and hopefully move on with our lives and and live as uh, live our lives as normally as, as we possibly can after the injury. Uh, well put, Chaz. Would you have anything to add to that? No, she had pretty much touched everything that I was going to say. <laughs> I, I think she's told this story more than mm, probably a thousand times. Um, I am thinking that what our audience would really appreciate knowing that they're not alone in this journey. What are some of the things that you learned that you wish you had known before this all began when you got that phone call, Jessica? Um, what I've learned is that I have control over nothing when it involves medical uh, issues, that you basically have to let the body do what it needs to be doing. And as much as you want to rush things and as much as you want to get your life back to the way you had it, you have to grieve for that loss and put it behind you and understand that um, the healing process is not on your time. It's on the healing process's time. And you have to just let go and continue just to keep walking in the faith that knowing that everything is going to be okay and quit trying to control everything because I'm a planner and that was very hard for me to, to literally give up my life to the U.S. Army. We've always given our lives to the U.S. Army, but this was in a completely different way. Uh, we had to leave everything behind and, and, you know, pull our kids out of school and pull them out of Girl Scouts and dance lessons and get to Walter Reed and, and listen to Chaz's body and, you know, pay attention to what he needed. And it was just a different level of sacrifice that Army families are not used to. Um, and, and it literally pushes you to the edge and you feel like you're drowning a whole lot because you have no control over your life. But I learned that some days you just have to sit down and just breathe and it will all be okay. You just have to um, keep moving forward. You know, one of your fellow caregivers, um, Paulette, has mentioned that when she was expecting possibly the loss of someone, but never the wounding of someone and what that entailed. And she said she did not feel prepared for that. Do you feel that you in any way had preparation for what was ahead of you for those two years at Walter Reed? I think that as an as a wife, you have a, a little bit more preparation than you do as a parent. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think that in this respect, we ask a little bit more of our parents because our parents have raised the children and then, you know, we, we go our separate ways and we move forward. And then all of a sudden those parents are yanked back in. Um, mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, I married into this. So I understood that at any time, you know, my life could turn upside down. We've lost several friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and based on Chaz's injuries, we're extremely, extremely blessed that he's with us today just for the simple fact that. You know, his injuries were so catastrophic, 
you know, technically he kind of, we were told that he wasn't going to make it out. And then to go from, we've got him, he's, you know, go, uh, you know, Miss Allen, where are you going to be today? We may have to make an official notification. And then just a few hours later, hey, we got him, he's stable. Um, After that, I didn't really care what came next because the fact that I wasn't going to be a 31, 32 year old widow, um, I really didn't care about any other facts. And I I guess you could say I was so prepared for the worst that Mm -hmm. anything else that was thrown at me, it was basically irrelevant at that point. Was, was, yes. was this a commuting process as far as commuting up to Walter Reed all the time, or did they did you actually now, stay up there? Now, see, I, I like to do everything on my own and a little bit differently. So uh, technically, we were supposed to just pack up and move there like immediately. But we really wanted the girls to have their life as normal as possible and protect it while we could. And um, so what we ended up doing was uh, I flew back and forth every single week. And so he, I got to him January 26th. And then I every Wednesday, I got on a plane and was going either to Tennessee or going back to D.C., just depending wow. on what was going on. And um, I did that from January to May. And thanks to the Fisher House Foundation's program, Hero Miles, um, we didn't have to kill our emergency fund. But we knew the girls needed to have an, as normal of a life as possible. They were five and eight at the time. So think about being five and eight. And think about walking into that room and seeing the father that you were just playing soccer with in the backyard. And he has no legs. And he has tubes coming out of every body part, it seemed like, that was left. He had a huge metal cage on his arm. So, And, he, you know, he of course, he looked, he looked horrible. So we wanted to protect them from that image. We wanted to protect whatever they had left. Uh, that, you know, those great memories of dad, you know, we, we protected all that. So I sacrificed and flew back and forth and back and forth. And I did that from January 26th to uh, the end of school, which would have been around Memorial Day. So from January to May. And then once school was out, we uh, packed up the girls and brought them up to uh, to Walter Reed to stay with us. And, you know, uh, we kept our house. We called it our, our 1,800 square foot climate controlled storage unit because we left all of our stuff in our house. And... um you know, just made it work. And there was some commuting involved, but once the girls got out of school, it was family commuting. We would just come home for breaks and such. Um, but we stayed at Walter Reed pretty much. Chaz stayed the entire time, except when he traveled with us. Chaz, do you remember when the first girls first saw you? Do you remember when the girls first saw you? Oh, yeah, definitely. The, uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty amazing. I was actually uh, pretty excited. I haven't seen them in so long, and I knew that they were going to be slightly... Um, freaked out (laughs) so whenever i kind of mentally prepared myself and just said you know this is what i've this is the card i've been dealt and so i put a big smile on and i was i was super excited to see them because i hadn't seen them in a well quite some time and i just wanted them to i just wanted them to see that i was okay with what i was dealing with and once they had made that you know connection with me uh visually uh it was it was all gravy from there so (laughs) Wow. Well, we're going to take, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to take an early break so we can have a little more time on the next segment. Um, I'm Gary Ray along with Linda, Bill, and our guests, Chaz and Jessica Ellen. And you're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
for those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Chaz and Jessica Allen. And um, Jessica, why don't you start off? Uh, I guess you both played roles in being an advocate, helping others. Um, I really don't. I just kind of just stumbled into it. My whole thing is, is that when it comes to my family, I'm not going to just you know, be told what to do and, and not be a, not be a participant in the process. Um, I'm very much a team player and luckily with his medical team, that was never an issue. Our medical teams were always amazing. Um, but we did have some problems at the very beginning because we had this one that would come in and that one would come in and they weren't talking to each other. So at one point I told them that they weren't allowed to touch chess or no, they weren't allowed to talk to him until they all got into the same room and we all had the same conversation at the same time. So we were all on the same page because we were having doctors put in orders that were conflicting with others. And so um, we did that. And then, you know, there was a couple other little things and I just, you know, put my foot down because you can't rest in a hospital. I don't care who you are. And uh, that got a little frustrating because, again, confliction. You know, there were, this one's not talking. And so poor Chaz is laying there and every five seconds. You know, this doctor had this nurse draw blood for this reason. And this one was drawing it for this reason. And, and I'm just like, uh, no, we're going to talk. We're going to, you know, hammer, hammer this all out. So there was this great moment when they were all in the cute little yellow, um, 
you know, d- uh, you know, the germ gowns is what I call them. And I came around the corner and they all had things on their heads. And I just watched Despicable Me with the kids. And I started calling them Chaz's, I started calling them Chaz's minions. And so um, we got all the minions on the same team. And then, uh, you know, when you, when you have someone go through a catastrophic event, you're just used to dealing with the medical side. And I had never, ever been involved in Chaz's military career at all. Like my friends joked around and called me the 5% army wife because I did what Chaz needed me to do. I, I didn't there was no reason for me to be involved in his career, you know? So I always just stayed back and just supported him when he needed me to. But this, at this point, he didn't really have a voice, you know, cause he was, you know, he, unfortunately at the very beginning, as you can imagine, you know, was in and out and these kind of things. And, um, I really wasn't going to take any crap that was going to be thrown at him. Um, we, we even had one guy come in who was a, a general yell at Chaz for not shaving, while he was laying there, it was the first week of his injury, and this guy came in, and I'll never forget it because I threw him out of the room. And, you know, I was told, oh, he's a general. And I told him I didn't care who he was, that it was inappropriate to come in there and make comments about my husband not being shaved up to Army regulation. And, you know, I just, it just kind of happened. You know, if I saw things, I spoke up about it. Uh, we'd been around the Army long enough to where, you know, I was familiar with the rules and policies and would always loop Chaz in. And, um, you know, it's amazing how people are so vulnerable that they can be taken advantage of. And people have a tendency to do that. And it's really tragic and it's really sad. And I don't have any patience for that. And so, you know, it, it literally just happened. I I don't really know where, why, when, or how, but then the next thing I knew I was meeting with this person and meeting with that person. And, um, you know, the whole thing is, is the difference between Chaz and I is that we're not angry that this happened to us. We, we know we, he signed up for it and then I married him. So I kind of signed up for it too. And, <laughs> and that's, that's what makes us a little bit different is that we knew this was a possibility. And so we're not thrilled that this is our life, but we understand this is our life. And for some odd reason we're here and we're on this path and we're just going to make the best out of it. And if by sharing our story, it helps somebody else and by standing up for somebody else that helps them as well, then Chaz and I are going to do it. I mean, obviously we're called to serve or he wouldn't have joined the army and I wouldn't be working for a nonprofit. So, um, you know, we enjoy it and, you know, we're, we're just not afraid to shoot our mouths off about things every once in a while, even if we get yelled at every, every, uh, every little bit. (laughs) You know, I, I think it's less being yelled at. I think it was that you realized early on that Chaz was in the Army, but you yes. were not, and you were yes. his wife and yes. his advocate, and that made a big difference. But there are a lot of very young wives, 18, 19, 20 years old, who really do fall into the military culture of not being able to question, and I think you've helped a lot of people understand yeah. that they can speak up for themselves, that they are, they are part of the military. I'm not saying they're not, but they're also not under the same orders and hierarchy that those who, you know, gave the oath are. And what I saw a lot was I saw, I saw some of those young wives honestly be stripped of their personalities, and they were right. so tired and they were so worn out. And, you know, they would have these squad leaders come in that were just two ranks above their husband, you know, yelling at them for the most insane things in my opinion and you know Chaz's squad leader one time we had a we had a little go round because he told me that uh, my flying back and forth was inappropriate and that the U.S. Army paid for me to be at Walter Reed 
which is not accurate. That's not an accurate statement. Um, as you can imagine, our conversation didn't go very well. Um, <laughs> we, that was our second squad leader. And, um, you know, we, we got rid of him pretty quick. Um, cause it, you know, that's just inappropriate. You don't come into an already stressful situation and add stress. And that was what we had at the original Walter Reed. We had a bunch of squad leaders who, you know, thought they knew exactly what needed to be taking place and they were ordering wives around and, you know, they're so young and so vulnerable and so tired. And so many of them had little babies and they were just absolutely exhausted. And so they allowed that bullying to take place and they, and they don't know what to do. And they're like, oh my gosh, this guy's a rank above my husband. He can jeopardize my husband's career. So whenever I mentioned that, you know, like my husband's career is already blown up, but we, Chaz and I knew his career was over and we were okay with that. And, you know, when you go at the approach of, yeah, this, yeah, it could mess up his career, but really, are you going to do that to a wounded guy? And you gain the confidence knowing that, you know, things are going to be okay. It makes a totally different impact on your life. And I think the difference is with me is that we are, you know, like Chaz said, we're the old people, you know, (laughs) we we were old and a little bit more experienced and I knew my ranking system very well, but I also knew that, you know, yes, I signed up to marry him. Yes. I'm, I signed up to be on deers as his dependent, but I never signed my constitutional rights away to anyone. And the behavior that I, the abusive behavior I saw there at the original Walter Reed was just, it just, it was disgusting. It really was. Um, after the merger, I think things got a lot better. Um, I hear that things are, are maintained because, you know, working with yellow ribbon fund, I'm still involved at Walter Reed. Uh Um, you know, so I hear things are better and I'm, I'm glad to see it. There's always going to be that one person you can never make happy. And I, I tend to hear from them quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I think things have gotten better. And I hope that Chaz and I had some. I think you did too. I think there was a great deal of influence. Bill, do you have any questions for our guest? Well, I'd just like to say to uh, Chaz, thank you for your service, and to Jessica, thank you for your sacrifices uh, doing Chaz's uh, uh, service and and your continued uh, sacrifices. Uh, What I'm concerned about is uh, with these sacrifices, how has your life changed? Hopefully you're getting uh, some community support, if you would talk about that, and also I think the other thing is the patience that you must have and continue as you deal with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and uh, and, and and looking after uh, Chaz in, in this uh, uh, role of uh, caregiver. I think that we are we are very blessed. We have a great team at the VA. Um, I want to say that we're an anomaly because when we've needed things done, we've been able to make them happen thanks to our great care team. We have a wonderful AW2 rep. Um, he has been, he's become family to us and he's made sure that we get everything we need. We had an issue just last week with a civilian fee base opportunity and the civilians messed it up and tried to blame it on the VA and the VA, our team got after it and had it resolved in just a few hours. So that's the level of service that we're getting at our at our VA, which we, we're seeing at the Murfreesboro VA. Um, the VA caregiver program has been outstanding. I, I have no complaints in regards to that. They've oh. they show up once a year and they offer me all sorts of support, making sure I'm I'm squared away and taken care of. Um, I think that I I have gained a whole lot of patience in this. Absolutely. Um, I also have really recognized what's important and what's not, and I. I 
it's amazing the things that I can just sort through very quickly. And I can also see when people are pretty much causing their own problems. And, you know, it's one of those hindsight's twenty twenty, And I have definitely learned a whole lot about this. And in regards to taking care of Chaz, some days I'm really tired and he'll tell you I go on strike to where I go to my go to my room and no one's allowed to talk to me because I'm there. I'm to the point where I can't do anymore because I get up at least an hour in front of Chaz just so I can have just a few minutes to myself to gather my thoughts and get ready for the day because I know that all day long at some point he's going to need my help and I'm okay with that because, you know, whenever... In 2001, whenever I said I do, I meant it. I, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, this is this is what I signed up for, literally. And so I'm very thankful that he's here. I'm very thankful every day that his mental facilities are the way they are because I think that that alone has helped us so much because he's still so much, so, so much invested in our family and making sure our family succeeds and having his complete 110% involvement in our family helps me make all this work because I, you know, once he lost his legs, I took on everything. I took on, name it. It's all, it's all on me now. You know, um, you know, you can't mow the grass. You can't take out the trash. Our house that we live in right now is so not conducive for him. Um, we, you know, we contacted a nonprofit. We were hoping to be out of this house in a year. Um, that unfortunately is, is not working out. So now we are relying on friends and family to help us make that happen. Um, so, you know, we took out a construction loan to get this house started and then friends found out about that. Now they're forming a race in our, in my hometown, which is where the, our house is going to be built. And so we have a lot of community support because, you know, they understand that Chaz and I, we're still looking for ways to give back to our community. And they support that and help us. So it's, you know, we're, we're maintaining these reciprocal relationships in different communities. His hometown, Oklahoma, uh, Ravia, Oklahoma, you know, they're always looking for ways to help us too. So knowing that we have different people in different areas helping us out makes a big difference as well. Sure does. We're going to take a quick break and you can hear our uh, tremendous response from our studio audience. <laughs> Again, thirsty yet? Hope you're all standing by. Keep checking our website. Coming very soon. I'm Gary Ray along with Linda and Bill and our guests Chaz and Jessica. You're listening to the American Heroes Network powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. 
By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo@americanheroesnetwork.com. At Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Chaz and Jessica Allen. And, and Linda, you had a question. Well, I know very well that they had the two girls with them at Bethesda for a great deal of time, and that was a new facility at the time. When you came in, what did you see as the changes from when you left and what was working very well, and what could use some changes based on the reality of living with children at a medical facility? Well, one thing that I did notice was that um, the Bethesda area is definitely not conducive to young people. When I say young people, I mean my kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, if you're, um, if you're a young 20-year-old person trying to make it in the world, it's great because it's very fast-paced, very, um, very easy for a person you know who is not catastrophically injured to get around. But... With myself and my kids, it made it very tedious just to get around to go to the grocery store since, uh, you know, it's very uneven up there, uh, a lot of rude people. But, you know, that's life in the big city. Um, one thing, before, before I left the hospital, um, Walter Reed Bethesda was still going through some, um, some heartache dealing with installations of handicapped accessible areas. And it sounds kind of weird. But there were a lot of places in, on the Bethesda campus that were not handicap accessible. Um, a lot of the doors did not have the push button to automatically open. So people who are missing limbs makes it kind of interesting to get inside of a building. Uh, yeah. But from my girls' standpoint, um, they luckily have, you know, my good DNA and a little bit of my wife's. And they're able to, you know, they're able to adapt and kind of move with what's going on around them. And, of course, they, they did kind of find it hard at first to deal with um, other people's, I guess you'd say, uh, lack of situational awareness. And so they would, they would kind of take the burden of what I had to deal with in a daily situation. But then they would totally turn it around and use it to motivate themselves to want to help me out and help others like me while we were on in, or near base. 
Do you feel like it made them grow up very quickly? And do you feel that this experience will make them very empathetic to anyone who might have a physical or invisible injury in the yeah, future? Yeah, de- definitely. Um, I mean, when my girls first seen me, you know, they were still very, I guess you'd say, uh, childish and carefree world. But then as time progressed, they definitely uh, started looking around and saying, wow, you know, we really got to we got to help mom out by helping dad. And so, yeah, they, they did some growing up. And um, I always told Jessica, you know, it's fine that, you know, they're they're kind of forced the hand to grow up and, you know, you know, kind of stand out amongst their peers. But at the same time, we definitely want to keep them in the mindset that, you know, you're just kids. Go do kid stuff. And so we've always kind of made it to where they never, like, really felt like it was a job that they had to do, but more of, you know, just kind of fun helping out with the family. You know, you had a story uh, about your daughter asking about um, uh, how could you leave. Could you tell us a little bit about that story? Um, Well, yeah, it was my oldest daughter. She had asked, you know, why I had to go. Um, go do the things I do. And I just told her that, you know, there are things that go on in the world where, you know, people don't want to step up to take care of themselves, so they ask other people to do it. Or if they don't, you know, people like us, which, you know, in the great states of America, you know, with all of our faults, we, we try to look out for other people as best as we can. And that's what I was doing whenever I left, uh, unfortunately, during my injury. Uh, you know, the best thing about this is uh, uh, you realized, what did you actually, the best thing you realized about as a couple hmm. working with this? Well, it's definitely brought us closer um, than we had. Well, physically, this is the most, this is the closest I've been to my family in, uh, well, 14 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, and every day my wife keeps asking, when do I go back on deployment? Take away from me now and then. No, just a field problem would be okay. If he just went back to the field every <laughs> once in a while, I'd be all right. <laughs> but no, definitely. Um, this is you know made us a little bit more unified, and uh, you know we look at things in a different uh, spectrum of light nowadays. But at the same time, uh, I think we're good with what we've been dealt. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what you hey. all did that is. Um, maybe a reflection of your being a little bit older and more mature in your marriage and all of that, but you automatically, in the beginning, started something called Team Allen in order to inform your family and friends and your home community about what you were doing. Do you feel like that really helped you in terms of communicating the needs and where you were along the journey? Yeah, definitely. There. Um, now, me personally, I'm not a very big Facebook buff. I'm not... I have a Facebook page. I go onto it. I panic. I don't know what to do, so I leave because half the messages on there are not for me. I don't know what that means. But the Facebook page, Team Allen, was created in lieu of me, and it did. It got the word out, and it got people to understand you know, what we're going through. And it, you know, It's a great timeline to keep up with. We have friends and family that – I mean I have friends across the world that track us and are just you know, dying to help us out in any shape, form, or fashion – and it's little things like that that really can, you know, go a long way for, you know, persons like us. Uh, Jessica, Jessica, do you find that peer support has been something that you have been relying on or mentoring? Both. Um, I 
feel that we every caregiver needs a good girlfriend that she can literally call up and say, you know what, my husband's being a jerk today. Because if you say that to a civilian, you're automatically a villain because they see him as a guy with no legs and you should feel bad for him. And you know what? <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I don't feel bad for my husband. I mean, this is this is what we've been given. Um, you know, some days, you know, I, I feel bad because, you know, he might be on his prosthetic legs and accidentally fall through the glass window of our house because that happened. And he might <laughs> slip and fall in the living room or he might hit the threshold in our kitchen and flip out of his wheelchair. And, you know, and I do feel bad for him when those things happen. But as a, on a daily basis, do I feel bad for him? No. And you know what? Some days he's still a jerk. And some days I need to have someone where I can call them and just let all that steam out and not be judged because right. it doesn't matter if he, you know, it doesn't matter his physical disabilities. Sometimes you don't like him and I don't care who you are. You can love him with all your heart, but some days you don't like him and that's okay. And so I have to have those friends who get where I'm coming from and will love me and let me let that steam out without the judgment that comes with making a statement like that. And, you know, just because I call my husband a jerk doesn't mean I'm checking out. It just means I got to let some steam out. And if I don't let that steam out, then the situation's going to get a whole lot worse. Chez, do you find talking to Pierce helps you as well? Say again. Does it help you to talk to your battle buddies and peers and people that you know who understand what you're going through? Does that help you as well? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I, I stay connected to some uh, handful, of my, uh, handful of my guys from my unit on, uh, online. And, yeah, I chat to them every once in a while and, you know, get things off my chest, and it feels great um, because, you know, this is the most civilian life I've ever had to endure, and I'll, it's, it's pretty wild compared to the monotonous and some of the wild things that you would deal with in the military. Um, same Is it issues. more ordered or less ordered? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd say probably both. You know, it's, like I said, you know, you deal with the same thing in the military as you deal in the civilian world, but they're just different levels of crazy. Yeah. And in the military, I'm not going to say it's, um, it's, uh, very strict, but I mean, it is, I mean, come on, it's the military, but in the civilian world, it's very passive aggressive. Yeah. And when you need something done, people are like, eh, I'll get I'll around get to, to it. it. It's like, what? what? Yeah. It's like, no, no. Who's your boss? Who's your chain of command? And and that's been fun for us is like trying <laughs> to get used to not, I mean, everybody has a chain of command per se, but that's been, uh, that's probably been the hardest thing for us to let go of. Cause we, we know everybody has a boss, but just the um, complacency in the civilian world uh, really, I think, has bothered us a whole lot because we have a lot of people who are, that just don't get it. Um, you know, and unfortunately, some people just don't care. And, and that's been probably the hardest thing for us because at Walter Reed, um, our medical teams were awesome. And we were a part of the team that was a big part of it. And they were so compassionate and making sure that we got to, you know, graduation day per se, you know, where Chaz was done and we were walking out of there. And now the civilians, it's just, we're just another, we're just a number. And it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. Cause you know, the other day with pain management, I just wanted to scream at them and say, do you understand what I've been through? This is insanity that you're making him jump through a hoop, but they don't care. You know, and, and that's, that's probably been the hardest part, so, you know, comparing the two environments. Now, it's interesting because you've had a very good experience with all of your care teams. Yet yes. We both know, you and I have worked on cases together where yes. there's been a breakdown in communication. Yeah. And 
it's my belief, and it's my opinion only, that communication is where things get lost. It moves in only one direction, and then communication is broken. And to fix that is not always simple. As you're working with some of your um, cases that you're mentoring, what do you find is the best thing to tell them as they're going through trying to work out a better communication plan? They gotta just, they, they've got to know that they got to step up and they got to understand that playing the victim doesn't win any wars. And a lot of people want to take the victim side and then, you know, sit back and be like, oh, this happened to me. You should feel sorry for me and you should help me. You know, the white horse isn't coming in. There's no white horse. There's no white knight. No one's coming to save the day but you. And you have to own up and take some of that responsibility and get in there and literally put your foot down and say, no, we're all on this together. I'm a part of this team. You're going to engage me in this or I'm going to seek other services. And I think that's the one thing people don't understand is they'll hear the word policy. And so then they think, oh, it's a policy. Oh, my gosh. Policies aren't law. And you have to be able to, to look somebody in the face and say, that's a policy. We're going to work on this together. And you have to fight for your spot on the team or you're going to fail. I mean, it's, that's just the way I feel about it. That's true. You know, well, we're you're, you're exceptionally strong. I, I do know that we both met um, caregivers who are so depleted and so down. And it's at that point, I think, that the peer support truly helps when someone like yes. you or a more experienced caregiver in the system can sit and walk them through it. Because sometimes you're so brain-fogged and exhausted yes. that you simply don't know what to do next. And it's those that I feel need the most help and, and whom I know you and I both work with extensively. Um, yes. As you're looking at that, what would you change or what would you know now that you didn't know then? Um, I, I really don't know because I, I know that in my situation, I'm just one of those you know people who just gets in there and grabs the bull by its horns and calls it a day. And, and, and a lot of people don't have the strength to do that. I wish there was some way I could grab them at the very beginning of the journey and, and set them on the strong path. But, you know, some people just, you know, they, they're exhausted and they don't have it. And I guess we need, you know, we need to make sure that the advocates that are in the system, the AW2 reps and, and those people of those natures are, are as strong as, you know, the people who will fight for them. Because, you know, these, these non-fighters need a, need some, need a battle buddy. And we do have, in the words of the Army, we have the AWT reps. They're there. They can help. And so we need to cultivate that and make sure that they're being the, the, the strong team leader that the families need. All right. We're going to take a quick short break. But before we do, I want to remind everyone that American Heroes Network is not just a radio program. In order for you to stay updated, go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. We're also available on all mobile devices. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guests, Chaz and Jessica. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier. 
or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Chaz and Jessica Allen. And uh, Jessica, tell us about, I know we weren't planning on this, but tell us about the contest you entered, <laughs> about that, which included a live marriage proposal at a concert. Uh, yeah, so uh, one of my friends, whenever Chaz got hurt, I got a friend who sent me this contest entry, and she told me if I didn't do it, she was going to do it for me. <laughs> and so um, I read it over, and it was for the band Train, who happens to be, uh, my all-time favorite band that I led Chaz into, I have very happy memories of, of screaming Meet Virginia in my dorm room in college, um, and just followed them ever since. And then they had a song that um, really touched me when Chaz was in Korea, and we were young, and I had a baby. I had a baby by myself, and there was a song that just said, Don't Give Up On Me, um, basically that I was going to work out. And so I wrote to Train and told them that, um, through our journey, they, their music was kind of part of our life. And then when they had the song Marry Me, um, it, it instantly, the first time I heard it, it brought me to tears because I love that. And I love the part where it says marry me today and every day because I feel like anytime I would marry Chaz all over again, I do every bit of this all over again. Um, and not the bomb. I would prefer to leave that part out. But you know how that goes. Um, <laughs> but I submitted it, submitted it to train. And shockingly, they love the idea. So they brought us down to Nashville. And they um, put us up on stage. And they made me talk in front of 11,000 people. Wow. And uh, the fact that I didn't vomit is commendable in itself. Because uh, I was a nervous wreck. I, I couldn't even tell you right now what I said to this day. Because I was that nervous. 
Um, but it was, it was amazing. We, we just came up on stage and, and they sang Marry Me and, um, we enjoyed the moment and enjoyed some time with, uh, Pat from train. He calls our daughter Carlos because she was so shy at the time she wouldn't talk to him. So that was kind of fun. Um, yeah, it, it's that simple. It was just a nice little thing that just happened along the path. Wow. You know, what stuck in my mind about the story was, uh, when Chaz came home and the community involvement, uh, uh, it looked like it was pretty phenomenal. Uh, and everybody from town was there. The whole community was there. Yeah, it was uh, it was a really nice surprise. I really wanted uh, my again friends come up with that idea <laughs> uh, when we when we found out about Veterans Airlift Command and and how they would fly our wounded heroes to and from destinations uh, on private planes. We knew that was going to be the best way to get Chaz home because a commercial plane was was not going to work for him at that time, and driving was too hard on him, you know, to drive thirteen hours. So we uh, seized the opportunity and we were able to bring him into the the local airport here in Clarksville. And yeah, uh, oh my gosh, the poor neighborhood, because we had uh, the Patriot Guard um, escorted us home. And all I could think about was the poor neighbors and all those motorcycles and what they must, what must be going through their heads. They all came out on their porches to see what was going on. And um, it was, it was just a very nice day. It was very nice to have him home for a minute and um, enjoy ourselves. And uh, we actually got rushed back to Walter Reed because they had done an MRI right before he left and they discovered a pocket of fluid. And so we were rushed back to Walter Reed and, and Veterans Airlift Command helped us get there, get back um, for his emergency surgery to find out he had uh, some kind of funky infection growing in a lovely pocket in his back. So our, our home stay was like less than a week because of <laughs> all that. Um, but then, you know, we finally got to come home and got some peace and quiet and, you know, we're moving forward a little bit. Um, you know, thanks to many nonprofits that helped us get here, uh, you know, Fisher House gave us a place to stay, provide me with hero miles to get back and forth. Veterans Airlift Command gave us uh, the the private flights to get us to and from Walter Reed and home. And Yellow Ribbon Fund gave me a uh, gave me a rental car so I could go get Chaz's Taco Bell Frutistas and buy a crock pot and cook his meals in the hospital <laughs> room because he was tired of eating hospital food. Um, I actually got in trouble for having a crock pot lasagna in his room the day President Obama came through to say thank you, which was really funny. I got yelled at by the army because because they said it was tacky to have the crock pot in Chaz's room when the president was coming. And I said, uh, you know what? You might want some. So it's kind of, it's okay. Um, so, but we made it work. And then, uh, you know, Yellow Ribbon Fund offered me a job. And uh, I'm now the director of the Family Caregiver Program. And uh, love my job. Been with them for over a year. Love every minute of it. And now uh, we're not, I'm not only taking care of uh, caregivers in Walter Reed and Bethesda. Um, I'm also helping out at Fort Campbell in the Middle Tennessee Veterans, uh, the Middle Tennessee VA so that's been a blessing. And I just recently accepted a fellowship with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. I uh, don't have a whole lot of information on that position yet. It's still very new. The foundation is uh, growing. And uh, just very excited to take that, that opportunity with them. And, and we'll see where that goes. All right. You know, see how fast this hour went? We have a little bit more than two minutes left. And I want to thank you guys for actually being on our show today. Chaz, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Uh, I'd like to just say that, you know, for people dealing with um, traumatic injuries, whether they're visible or not, um, you know, somebody has to help those individuals just, you know, pick themselves up, you know, lace them up tight and keep moving. Um, at first, I was worried whenever I got injured that, you know, my world was going to be completely um, decimated. Yeah, just destroyed. Yeah. And you know what? Having friends and family who can uh, kind of 
coach me along the way and tell me, say, hey, man, you know, it's not that bad. You know, you've been dealt a hand. Just deal with it and uh, have fun with it. That's and right. we have. We've had a lot of fun. Jessica, <laughs> what would you like to say? Um, just don't give up. It, you know, you're going to have your dark days where you got to you got to sit down and cry. You got to mourn the loss. You know, I tell people all the time, I have mourned the loss of Chaz's legs. I have no problems admitting that out loud. And I think the fact that I mourned the loss of his legs the day he lost them, I think, set us on the right path. I, I think that our positivity and our laughter has really helped us a whole lot. And we share, uh, we make fun of every situation, no matter how grim it is. I mean, we may lose our tempers, but we will laugh it out. And we've, you know, raised our kids in a, a positive environment where we've taught them that you can overcome adversity through love and laughter and faith right. and hope. All right. Bill? Well, Jessica, thank you very much for your service and your continued sacrifice keep the patience level up and I'm sure that's going to help Chaz in his recovery down the road. All right. Linda? Thanks, sir. I'm just always grateful for caregivers who and uh, service members who are very open to talking about their stories because I think that affirms in others that there is a way to a different place. Maybe this isn't the life you would have chosen, but as it comes along, you can prevail and do very well and do better than survive and thrive. Right. Chaz and Jessica, I want to say one more time, uh, thank you for being on our show. Today's show has been brought to you by First Class Merchant Services and Brave Marketing Concepts. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And remember, the American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda and Bill, signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Powered by Voice America on a Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation thanks to you we're living free we're a quilt of many colors and we breathe red white and blue we're america